Welcome to Friday Friends, RI Elder Info's weekly look at the organizations and individuals providing resources for Rhode Island seniors, caregivers, and professionals. Good morning, everybody. I hope as you are watching this that you have had a fabulous Thanksgiving with your friends and family and that it was a wonderful day for you. We are actually pre-recording this just before Thanksgiving, so I have not yet enjoyed the turkey yet, but we are going to be spending time with our family, so we are pre-taping, and I hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. As you know, nine o'clock every Friday, we come on and have Friday Friends where I interview different organizations that you or someone you know needs to know about. So it's really important that you hit the like button and the share button because we need to get information out about the topics that we're going to be talking about today with the office, Rhode Island Office of Veterans Services with Director Yarn. Super important. Um, we want to make sure our veterans and their families get connected to the services and resources that are available out there. And as you know, if you've been following along all month, and I'm confident that you have been, we have dedicated all of our Friday friends in November to resources for our veterans, military members, and those that care for them. We really care. And I want to make sure that we get folks connected. So as you know, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we could not bring this program to you without the support of our sponsors and our donors. So a huge thank you to Aetna and to Oak Street Health and to United Healthcare, Neighborhood Healthcare, to Tamarisk Assisted Living, 321 Media, and England Studio. It is through their generous support that allows us to come on every week and bring you information and resources that will make a difference in your life or in the life of someone you know. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my friend, Director Kasim Yarn. Hi, Director. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good, good. So tell me, what is new in your office? Well, we have a, a great opportunity. We brought, we've onboarded a couple of new staff members uh, this, this year and uh, adding more t uh, capabilities to our team to better serve our uh, veterans and military families. Uh, those folks that we bring on board, uh, they have expertise uh, that totally committed to serving their, they've illustrated an ability to better serve our population for the jobs that they've had in the past. And they are leveraging those skills that they've acquired in the past at different other sister agencies like OHA and DHS to support our mission here to serve our veterans and military families. That's awesome. You're, now, your office is right on Jefferson Boulevard. Um, can people come into your office? And do you have like satellite um, offices anywhere? Oh, absolutely. So our head, we're headquartered, centrally located, 560 Jefferson Boulevard, all the way in Warwick, 
for those happy travel. We know we go <laughs> all the way, uh, we, and uh, we are have two. We're on two Ripley routes. Uh, we uh, we we chose that location for a reason. The proximity to where how folks will have to travel time and be mindful of you know parking restrictions, what have you. So we don't have any of those type of restrictions here. So it's, it's so critically important. Uh, part of our process too, you know, and in the, the role that the governor has played regarding his uh, 2030 strategic plan talks about meeting our islanders where they are in their community. As a result of that, in partnership with our post secondary education team of uh, the reading office space at our Wesley Education Center site and also our simultaneously our wound socket education education center site uh, as well. Again, this talks about the governor's 2030 plan to reach our veterans and military families where they are in the community and give them just another resource that we have a list of many resources they have too. They don't have to drive all the way somewhere. They can do it based on proximity to where they live. And the Wesley Education Center and the Woonsocket Education Center both provides us that opportunity. That is awesome because if you're from Westerly, driving up to Warwick might be a little too far and same is true for Woonsocket. So that is awesome. So folks who go into those offices um, or into your office directly, what kind of help can they receive and what kind of um, resources can they apply for through so your office? We offer, so our office, we offer full uh, benefit navigation capabilities uh, anywhere from uh, assisting them as they transition back from active duty service, uh, helping them connect, it, connect them to one of our higher institutions of learning. Uh, to our also seeking employment as well. We have a direct work relationship with our partner labor and training uh, folks as well, but also too, no wrong door approach. Uh, we participate in a collaborative network called Unite Rhode Island, puts all of our community service providers in the same network. So that way, if they come through our doors or they come through another agency or they go through a nonprofit or they go through our federal partners, uh, they can we can connect them uh, rapidly with services based on the various service providers that are in our network. That is awesome because you don't want to have, you know, a lot of, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It's good that it's sort of a one-stop resource for our veterans and their families. So does your office help coordinate, say, um, if a veteran wants to make arrangements at um, the Veteran Cemetery in Exeter? Is that your office that they would oh, reach out to? Absolutely. Along, we also, we all, I also oversee the Veterans Home as well. And so we always ask the folks easy on the, especially when we talk about families and having to engage with them as well to make it easier to enhance that experience for our veterans and military families. So we always re we encourage folks to pre-register, to pre-qualify. Uh, you can also feel free to give uh, Jim a call at the cemetery uh, in a relative number 401. We'll, and we'll post the numbers in chat as well, but 401-268-3088. Give him a call. We can walk through the process. You can feel free to go to online to apply online at vets, V-E-T-S, .ri.gov. Again, we'll share those uh, with you too as well. Uh, but again, you can pre-apply pre, pre online, uh, get a pre-approval online prior to uh, you, you needing it in that capacity because we're seeing more and more family members of veterans reaching out to us uh, as well. And we also got to make sure our messaging is to them also to assist them to help them to fill out the applications piece. And this is one of those uh, programs that we, we recommend folks pre-apply as well. For the excuse me, for the individuals who have a plot at the Exeter Cemetery, 
are their spouses allowed to join them in the cemetery? Is that oh, allowed? Absolutely. And, and if they, also if they have a dependent identified by the state as a dependent, uh, they are also able to be interred there as well. Okay. Okay. I think that's one of those things that a lot of folks maybe don't even realize is that the spouses can spend the afterlife together. Oh, absolutely. But again, it talks about the program, but also too, it talks about the importance of how we have family and, and as well. So with the programs of our veterans, but also the eligibility, but we're taking a step further for surviving family members. They also can potentially uh, seek survival, spouse survival benefits as well. And so with that, we also provide counseling in that capacity as well. That's really important because I think a lot of times when we lose someone, it's such a whirlwind. It's like, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to apply. So it's great that they can come right to you guys and get that taken care of. Oh, absolutely. We know that, you know, this life's journey is difficult alone. But if you have people that are there to assist you along that journey, it makes your life a lot easier. Again, it really is truly about enhancing the veteran and military family experience. And our office is there to guide through the process. We talked about uh, addressing the needs of our veterans that are transitioning back home, but on the other end of the spectrum, uh, making sure that we provide help and benefit counseling to our aging population, like our World War II veterans, our Korea War veterans, our Vietnam veterans. Again, to our Vietnam veterans, welcome home. But, you know, they have a different uh, set of needs along the healthcare spectrum. And so we're there to provide service for them to make sure that they have a copy of the DD-214s, have a copy mm -hmm. of the military paperwork, connect them directly uh, with benefits and get them enrolled in a V your healthcare system to address their needs as well. So you, you bring up a good point about, um, in particular, our Vietnam veterans. So when they came home, they maybe didn't have a positive experience with the VA system um, in its entirety. Has the VA changed since the 60s and 70s when they came home? Is it more recognizing of, of some of the things that our Vietnam veterans have experienced? Oh, absolutely. But part of the, the VA, the federal VA partners had to change uh, and then their, their approach. And then based on the, what we did not do and lessons learned from our uh, Vietnam era experience. Well, since then, we've identified resources. We know that we've elevated the awareness around Asian Orange and the effects associated with that to include the impacts it has on families as well. And the VA really has stepped up to the plate and now it is the premier organization that we would refer all of our veterans to get access to care and that in that regard as well and again our i kudos to our federal team uh via our uh, benefits office regional office or our providence healthcare system as well two great leaders of those organizations uh, performing a triad here for the state and we are blessed to have those two leaders uh supporting the effort for our veterans but also too identifying resources and connecting our veterans to those resources. Again, taking the lessons learned from our Vietnam veterans in that era and to make it to impact change. And Director Connell Tech talked about this all the time, but also talks too about who the uh, Providence healthcare system is in reality. You know, if there was a problem, hey, let us know so we can fix it. Our job is to make it right, to make the veteran and military family whole. And you have an active voice and they have an advocacy group that does a tremendous work to intercede on behalf of the veteran and advocate also for the family to support that veteran as well. Yeah, we had Director Connell on and, you know, we are really lucky here in Rhode Island that the Providence VA is rated, uh, Providence VA Medical Center is rated 
one of the best in the country. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, it, you know, it takes work, but it also takes the ability to listen to our veterans, to impact them, to we participate in quarterly town hall events, that we provide an opportunity for our veterans to participate and have a voice to identify some issues. And so that way we can impact change and to, again, to intercede on behalf, to enhance that experience. It's really is an all-hand approach from our federal VA partners to our colleagues in state government, all the way down to all 39 cities and towns. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if somebody, maybe they're a caregiver or maybe they're a veteran themselves and they need more care than what can be sustained in the community, how does one go about applying to go into the Bristol Veterans Home? Well, so it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a process that you got to do ahead. Now, for example, we know that you are Kasim. And I'd be eligible for the veterans home based on my character of service. And so I'm working with my primary care physician. And so it's a, it's also it's a family discussion that the family needs to sit down to collectively and talk through the nuances about that transition. But when we talk, when we talk in terms of transition, we talk about in terms of our active duty uh, service members transitioning back home. But there's a different transition in the in the elder space, transitioning from their standard of living or where they're accustomed to, to transitioning to another facility, be it our veterans home, be it an assisted living facility, or being in a care facility outside of what they're normally utilizing in that capacity. We know that can be challenging, a lot of stress associated with that. So our office also provides that counsel level of counseling uh, as well. We have our team at the veterans home there, our social worker team that will talk the family through the process. They also give them a, them a tour, what the expectations are, any questions that they may have, and how and to include their team, their doctor team is working for mom and dad, working with our doctor team as well to help facilitate that transition going from one facility potentially two hours uh, as well. But it's really the family. We want the family to be involved with that process. We want to sit down with them early and often to talk them through the requirements and the nuances behind making that transition. And it can be quite challenging and stressful associated with that process. Absolutely. That, that transition into a longer term care setting can be really hard. And I really like what you're saying about talk early and talk often to not wait for the crisis, but to have these conversations ahead of time. You know, I think that's really important. And I can tell you, I've toured that facility in Bristol and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, how many residents are there in that location? So right now we have uh, we have 143 residents uh, at our facility. Uh, we have we know that COVID has has had a vote in this process. Uh, we've uh, we reduced our we have staffing concerns as well as all of our nursing facilities and assisted living across the state, even in the Northeast District as well. Because as you know, you know New England is an aging uh, district relative to the other uh, regions in America. So, but we 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 mindful of that too, and but we are also too our messaging uh, to the family members uh, has to be succinct in that capacity. But give our family members options to sit down with mom and dad and talk through those transition points, to understand where those seams are, those potential friction points, uh, visitation along those lines. You know, we've learned a lot through COVID-19, but we, the, the center of all of that has been, without a doubt, the family members. And so why it's so critically important to bring the family members down, to talk to them, to entertain any questions that they may have, to maintain that level of community 
engagement uh, because it really is a community. When you go to the facility, it's a home neighborhood construct, but it's a community and it's family driven. So with um, with one of the fastest growing veteran populations being women, are there space, is there space in Bristol for women veterans too? Absolutely. You know, one serve, we all serve in that regard too as well. And so it, it is set up to, for both uh, men and women. And uh, in that regard as well. Matter of fact, uh, we communicate often with then Jennifer Marquise Caruso. She's our women coordinator for our women veterans and warriors that are currently serving to give them a voice. I'm always a firm believer that, you know, you've got to, if you're going to service a group of individuals, you got to reflect uh, the people that you serve. And it was so important that we hired a, a woman veteran to support the needs, to, to flag some things, to identify some things, to advocate for them. Uh, as well. She meets with them on a recurring basis to identify any concerns, it's spotlight events. And so that's it's so critical about what we do here in our messaging to support all of our veterans. Yeah, Jennifer, I can attest she is a amazing woman. Absolutely. She's a great team member for, your, for you guys. Absolutely. So one of the things that, you know, anybody that has seen you and I speak before, um, I know it's it. I, I'm comfortable speaking for you that one of the things that's really extremely important for both of us is addressing the 22 a day and reducing veteran suicide and improving mental health services and those kinds of of resources. We know one is too many. Period. Correct. Full Correct. stop. Correct. You know. And to that, to that said, you know, we know for, of that number, if we start to take a, to peel that onion back, to take a deeper dive into that number, 14 are not enrolled in the VA healthcare system. So yeah. we need to do a better job with that. Uh, recently, uh, the state was awarded $750,000 to grant funding to develop ways that we can get our veterans enrolled, to get engaged, to, to reach those veterans where are they are in the community, like we talked about before, through the work with uh, our higher uh, post-secondary education folks, to reach out, to do to connect those folks with the leverage of capabilities, those that are seeking employment, to have a presence on all of our campuses across the state to where our veterans and the military families are utilizing their forever GI Bill benefits, to participate in the quarterly town hall events that are sponsored by our uh, federal VA partners to continue to uh, enhance the capabilities of our resource fairs. We have we do a great job at staffing resource fairs in the state. Well, let's continue to leverage those capabilities. And we are mindful also that we're coming into winter months as well. So that also has its own unique challenges also as well. And so we try to use our services in order to identify those needs as early as possible also. Absolutely. And it uh, as I said in the in the beginning, we are pre-recording this right before Thanksgiving, um, and it's going to air right after Thanksgiving. But going forward, you you said you know the particular challenges in the winter months. You know, not everybody has family. We know that that's a stressor in life. Um, we've seen all over the news that the cost of heating and electric, all of those things have gone up. The cost of food has gone up. Are there resources that veterans can access if they need help with finding food or with help paying for their utilities 
or even to reduce homelessness, which well, is also completely not acceptable. No, it, it's a good, we know it's a complicated problem. It's about working together to getting the right folks in the room to address these concerns, but also to taking action. Uh, we have uh, grant funding that we utilized uh, that was provided by the General Assembly, and those funds have been allocated to support uh, those private sector uh, folks, those non nonprofit folks, though our schools that are given assistance to help them at the grassroots level. I think a little bit of funding goes a long way. And so we utilize those grant funding dollars to address the concerns to which you mentioned as well, too, to provide legal services uh, to our veterans and military families to address some of those the social determinants that are that are that are having issues with our veterans and military families. So our our the grant funding goes directly to resolve some of those concerns that you've identified, some of which requires a better collaboration amongst the co those in the cohort, but also to some of it may require additional research and support. And we continue to work together to identify the, what the issues are and assign resources to resolve those issues. It's, it's good. It's reassuring to know that people can reach out to your office and if they need help with housing, if they need help with um, finding educational benefits, if they need help finding resources to become employed or be trained to do something different, that they can contact your office and you have a team that can help people navigate that. Um, does your office partner with any organizations to assist the veterans who may not have homes? I know that that was a priority for the governor to reduce homelessness across the board. Oh, absolutely. That's still, that's always been, he's been laser focused in that mission uh, as well. We utilize those capabilities as well here. Uh, some of our grant funding are allocated to to help with those issues. We also meet periodically with our federal VA partners because they have a program as well. And we continue to meet on a re recurring basis to identify resources, to uh, get those elevated, to prioritize uh, who's going to get what, when, and where, but also to uh, the social determinant, identifying the social determinants of driving those, and also to to put up barriers to remove those barriers that or have been restricted and for years to get those folks access to the care that they need. Because we also knew that they, there are other social determinants like you know sustained employment. You know, housing is one component, but we also, too, getting access to health care, uh, mental health care. We also, within the behavioral needs, address those, too, as well. So all those things it can impact uh, the individual. So our job is to look at those resources and to reach out, collect, collaboratively work to work to reduce some of those challenges. You know, when you said in the beginning, it's like peeling an onion. It, it really, really is because the social determinants of health impact all of the different pieces in addition to our actual physical health. Um, so it's, you're absolutely right. It is like peeling an onion. I just wanted to touch on, just go back on one thing real quick. Um, if someone is experiencing a mental health or substance use disorder crisis, or if a viewer is aware of a friend, a family member having an, a, a crisis, who should they call? What well, we number know, should they dial? Right, we know 988, that's the number that we modified to because we know that there were some challenges with the prior number, 800 number. So we say made a standard across the board, 988, press one, and that, that'll be the one dedicated to a veteran crisis line as well. But again, it's so critically important that to, because we, we know that getting help 
looks differently for each one of us. Amen. So as a provider for those services, my job is to create a buffet style list of menu items, options for that veteran and that family to get assistance, be it another consistent agency like BH Link or connecting with our federal VA partners like the Vet Center or other providers in our network that can service that request. So that way we handle this in a timely manner, but more importantly, we're able to remove some of the barriers and direct that individual to a provider in a timely manner. It, it is so much navigation. And how many people are on your team? <laughs> we're, we're, it takes a village. So we're, <laughs> the whole state of Rhode Island is on the team. We have one team here. So with all of us, because, you know, you're either a veteran or either you serve or you some serving someone that served. And we're all Rhode Islanders can utilize these benefits and connections in that regard, too, as well. So just having a little compassion in our hearts, but also, too, knowing that this is a state and we are have the capability of connecting folks with service providers. And that's just, that's just, in essence, and I think that talks about the spirit of the holidays, too, as well as, you know, being thankful for what we have, but also, too, praying for others as well. And again, it's up to you to pray to based on what your religious beliefs are, but more importantly, the ability to intercede on someone else's behalf and to identify those resources to help each other in that capacity as well. Absolutely. And with the holidays coming up with, I believe, D-Days coming up, are there services that will be held for our military members, veterans, and their families? So we just we, big we, events? So we just finished up Veterans Day. We had a laundry of items, which is so great in terms of all municipalities with the parades. You know, everybody loves a parade, especially here in Rhode Island. Uh, we have done folks with our water fire. I salute the veterans water fire, which all everyone participated in that as well. Uh, we've done great work uh, with uh, our, at our college campuses. They've hosted uh, events to which we participated in this year. Uh, as well and so now so we as we turn the page on veterans day but every day is veteran days in that regard but we're also looking forward to spending time with our loved ones also too preparing for reach across america another great event it starts out our first day uh for the week of december the 12th and it culminates at the weekend at saturday at noon with our event in the exodus cemetery the memorial cemetery in exodus if people wanted to still is it can they still participate in the wreaths across America? Are you still accepting, are they still accepting financial donations or volunteers? Oh, absolutely. So if you just go online and look wreaths across America and then you can follow, just follow the prompts there on the website and contribute. Absolutely. Awesome. And if people have any questions and wanted to reach your office, what's the phone number? Absolutely. 401-921-2119. You can also reach us via our website. Vets, V-E-T-S dot R-I dot G-O-V. Or you could just come to our office, 560 Jefferson Boulevard, Suite 206. That's awesome. And is somebody in the office usually like a All the time. eight to four, nine to five? That normal, that don't work, normal work day, nine to five. So we're eight thirty to four thirty or like that. So yeah, we're open. Awesome. We're open for business. And I know that it is accessible if somebody has mobility impairment. So no issues there. I've been in your Absolutely. office and it's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was so important to have that capability uh, in our office. Awesome. Director Yarn, I'm so glad you took the time to, to come on Friday, friends. I really appreciate it. Anytime I reach out to you, you never tell me no, and I'm very grateful for that. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you. Well, as you know, folks, it is the holiday season, and there are, you know, many things to be grateful for and to celebrate. 
but there may be friends or family out there who maybe need a little extra help. So please, if they're veterans, have them reach out to the director's office. They're really genuinely nice people. And again, that's the 401-921-2119. If you or someone you know is having a mental health or substance use crisis, um, if it's an emergency, of course, dial 911. But if you need to talk to somebody, dial 988. There is help available. We are out here. We care. We want to get you connected to the resources that are available. And it's really important that we all work together. So if you're a civilian watching this, hit the like, hit the share, because there are a lot of veterans in this state. And wouldn't it be cool if we were all connected to each other? What a wonderful thing. I hope you've all had a great Thanksgiving and that you're enjoying time with your family. And I look forward to seeing you all again next week. And don't forget, Tuesday's Giving Tuesday. We are a nonprofit. So if you want to support the work we're doing, that's awesome. There'll be plenty of social media posts on that, I'm sure. But I look forward to seeing you all again next week. In the meantime, be well and be kind. If you like this video, please follow us on social media and subscribe on YouTube. For more information, visit rielderinfo.com or call 401-585-0509. If you have any questions, email deb at rielderinfo.com.